Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, everybody, welcome in. This is hour number two of the early line right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. He is Kevin Walsh. And, you know, we spent the first hour, Kevin, talking about, you know, teams and leagues coming back, whether it's Bundesliga, the MLS, or Major League Baseball. And then we spent a little bit about UFC. I think it's good in general Kevin, we're starting to feel like we're on the precipice of action again, right? We're going to have the UFC this weekend. We're starting to hear about teams and players coming back, practicing. It feels kind of like everyone's awaking from their slumber, bears coming out of their hibernating cave. It feels good that we're going to have stuff to talk about coming up soon. Yeah, that's how I feel sometimes waking up for the early line, but I love it. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, I, I really, really do think that, that we are getting closer, and it is, it is exciting, man. It, it's like, I, I, you know, I've said it's funny, but to me, like, being home often is, I mean, it's a change, right? But it's, I, I'm very, very fortunate. I've, I've got my, you know, my two brothers here. I've got both mom and dad. Like, you know, it's, it's never really a boring day. And, you know, we can find enough stuff to do. And I've always said, I said, really, if there were live sports on, I don't know if this would even feel weird to me. I'd right. have something to do, something to look forward to. Um, of course, look, it's, it's, such a, it's such a drastic change. But, man, when we get sports back, I'm going to be all good. I, I'm going to be very, very excited. And, yeah. um, you know, we're, get, we're getting closer. We're, we're yeah. getting closer, it feels like. It definitely, we are getting closer. You know, we're hearing about leagues starting to talk about their plans to return. And there's, you know, there's business still to be done. One one kind of signing I thought was interesting that I saw a little bit earlier this week is Devontae Booker. Devontae Booker, the running back yeah. of the Denver Broncos, signs in division. There's a lot of that going on in the AFC West. And he yeah. will be with the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, remember, Booker was kind of the, uh, I would say, the scat back out there in Denver, you know, he wasn't he wasn't Philip Lindsay. He also wasn't uh, Rolls Royce Freeman. They've brought in Melvin Gordon. So now I know there's, you know, committees of three, but four may be a little bit much. So he's the odd man out. He goes to Vegas, in my opinion, to play the role that DeAndre Washington had with Las Vegas. And remember, Washington moved to Kansas City. You get a Chargers back in, in Denver, and now you get a Denver back with the Raiders. It's like a yeah. little old circle going on there in the AFC West. What do you think Booker means for the running back situation in Las Vegas? Well, so right away, right? So connecting dots, this means LaShawn McCoy goes to the Chargers, right? Yeah, to maybe, make sure right? that everybody uh, does the appropriate amount of sharing yeah. to be kind. The biggest thing that jumps out to me with Devonta Booker, with all due respect to him, is why him? Just because we, we talked right. about it quite a bit uh, on the early line the other day. The running back talent is out there. Is It's not something to you know stick your nose up at. There, there are some good names out there. There are some guys that can contribute out there. And, you know, Devonta Booker's a name we mentioned, but he's far from the top of that list. And right. it's just, it's starting to get to the point. Um, you know, and I've asked this question a bunch, and I will keep asking it somewhat stubbornly, and you will keep, uh, you know, leading me uh, to the river uh, to, to drink the water, to, mm-hmm. to drink the, and I'm like, why aren't these guys signing? You're like, well, the draft's going to play out. Right. These teams got to figure out what's there, and then they're going to go out and they're going to make their yeah. move. And I don't know, sometimes I'd rather just go out, make my move, and not have to, 
whatever. That's fine, though. And I understand that process. Well, the draft are cheaper options, right? No, Younger, cheaper options. 100, 100%. And, but the thing is, we are now past the draft, right? Now, Devonta yep. Booker, you know, is one of the names that gets picked up, right? And we've heard, you know, rumors about Marshawn Lynch and Seattle. I just think it's, it's really, really interesting to me to see some of the names where we're not even really hearing much about. And it continues to just make me wonder the asking price or the thought process for, you know, is the situation where this whole league is like Devonta Freeman and his concussion history is just not something I can get behind right now. Yeah, it's very interesting, and that may be it, right? It may be it, the the risk that's involved with a Devontae Freeman. Uh, some of the other names we mentioned, right? Lamar Miller coming off an injury. Shady McCoy was a healthy scratch. You know, Carlos Hyde is still out there. I can't find a reason why he doesn't have a job. But I think you're right, Kevin. There's two facets here. One is the draft, right, as a huge marker of the NFL calendar. And now that that has finished about a week or two ago, you know, teams are starting to revisit and recalculate what their needs are. And we've been talking about that. I think the other part of it is how many pieces of humble pie are these dudes willing to eat? You know, and and that's what it comes down to. What you talk about a Devontae Freeman, you talk about a Carlos Hyde, maybe they still envision themselves as someone who should command more on the open market. Meanwhile, a guy like Devontae Booker is like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to latch on. I'm ready to prove it, right? So part of it is the teams and what they're looking to do based on their process. But yeah. part of it comes down to the players, right? Think oh, about it. Jameis yeah. Winston signed a one-year, $1 million deal, okay? If he's out there saying, I need 4 $5 million, do you think he's signed yet? Because I'm not so sure. Okay, so yeah. I think that is another part you know, of he, it. A great example yeah. would be Jadavion Clowney. Okay, mm-hmm. Jadavion Clowney is someone who wanted $20, $21 million. And then it was kind of seen that, no, 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 he's not going to get that money on the open market. He's not worth that. So his camp or whoever it was, his agent, they've come out and then said, okay, we'll, we'll reset our market. We'll look ourselves in a mirror. We're okay with more like 16, 17, 18 million, right? We saw with Zadarius Smith, for example, got from Green Bay last year. And and maybe we have to humble ourselves. And then all of a sudden, now there's buzz. Now there's teams interested, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the pieces of news we did hear on the Jadavion Clowney front is that maybe a return to Seattle is not necessarily in the cards. You know, they drafted a pass rusher. They brought Bruce Irvin back. They brought a pass rusher in from Las Vegas. Uh, Manoya, I believe his name is, who got eight sacks. So they are looking for more cost-effective ways to fill that hole. And Mm -hmm. maybe Jadavion Clowney, I've heard buzz around Cleveland, around Tennessee, around potentially the teams in New York. But it's the same kind of thing, right? It's not like Jadavion Clowney is going to not be in the league. It's just that they have to figure out what's the right landing spot in terms of compensation that he's willing and that teams are willing to go. And so when they kind of, you know, they kind of negotiate and figure out what that zone is, all Mm -hmm. of these guys will ultimately have offers, including Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, it's a good point, right? Like if I call Jadavion Clowney, I'm like, listen, you're not getting the 17 you want. You're 15 right now. Let's make this happen. Exactly. And if Jadavion is saying no, well, then there's nothing right that that can necessarily be done about it. And I just, I think one of the interesting things is potentially that people aren't in as much of a hurry to sign due to the state of things. Yeah. Where they are basically like, look, it's not like there's kind of camp going on anyway. I'm missing out on a couple of Zoom calls. All right, so be it. Um, You know, it's no kind of sweat off my back. And teams similarly are like, look, we're not 
getting together. We're not meeting. So what, what's the big deal whether we can bring these guys now in? So I think it's a really, really good point. I think Jadavion Clowney, in terms of where he potentially lands, though, mm-hmm. is fascinating. Yeah. Because he is the biggest name, certainly, I would say, on the defensive side of the football um, that is available. Sure. And, you know, Clowney did not have the sack numbers that um, lead to the kind of payday that he wants. And, you know, a lot of people will tell you, right, that uh, sack numbers should not be the end-all, be-all, right. right? Like, it's more so about pressures than anything. But tell that to some of the GMs that are making decisions. Like, they like to uh, sack three. stats to hang uh, the hats on. Exactly. And I think that Jadavion Clowney, right, of course, is someone who, you know, he's not an all-world pass rusher, but he's a very, very good football player, I believe. And I think he can absolutely help a team. It's a matter of... You know, I guess these teams coming to an end. I, I've long felt like that it would be the final piece of the puzzle for this Giants offseason to mm. get that full A that they are. I mean, and maybe they've already, you know, locked in a full A, depending on kind of on who you are. But I think being able to then help the defensive side of the football on all three levels with right. also some of the offensive maneuvers that they made. I've long felt that Jadavion Clowney would be a great move for that football team. Yeah, absolutely. Both New York teams seem to be in the mix. I've heard Tennessee. I've even heard the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, you and I are both a little bit high on the Cleveland Browns. They're one of the 27 teams you have making the AFC playoffs. Uh, yes. And so, yeah. you know, maybe Clowney could be a cherry on top of that defensive side as well. But, you know, here's the thing. There's a ton of other pass rushers that are still out there. Okay, yes. Jadavion Clowney. I think he's a game wrecker, Kevin. I think he's a player that when healthy on the field, offenses have to account for. You have to be like, all right, who's on, who's blocking that guy? Who's chipping that guy? He has wrecked games before. Again, against high-level competition, that game the Seahawks played against the San Francisco 49ers, it was Jadavion Clowney making plays left and right. You know it as an Eagles fan, okay? He dominated um, in that game against Philly. So he has the potential to be a game wrecker, and this day and age on defense, I think that's what you are looking for at, at all three levels of the defense. But what I find interesting is that, you know, we hear Jadavion Clowney, but there are some other edge rushers out there that are still available and may not be this kind of, you know, big, sexy name, all right, Mm -hmm. but that are absolutely quality edge rushers in this league who can help a defense. I mean, uh, Everson Griffin of the Minnesota Vikings, this is a guy who has double-digit sacks, okay? He is a little bit over 30. He's at 32 years old, but he can help a team, and there's been the same kind of conversation of will he go back to Minnesota or, you know, find the home on the open market. Ezekiel Ansah. Another guy who was in Seattle, you know, drafted very highly by the Detroit Lions a few years back. He's 31 years old. He can help a team and add to a pass rush. I'm thinking about guys like uh, Clay Matthews is out there in his mid-30s, I understand. Michael Kendricks is out there about to turn 30. So I just say this, and there's other names out there, whether it's Cameron Wake, who's a little bit older, Terrell Suggs, who's a little bit older, Michael Bennett, you know, Nigel Bradham. So there are, you're an Eagles fan, Bradham is out there as well. You know, Mm -hmm. serviceable pass rushers, not only the cream of the crop of Sage Davion Clowney, but I think it's important to note that if teams still have this need, it can be filled on the open market. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I was just pretty complimentary of Jadavion Clowney. But I will tell you, I, I think that he's a good football player. But I agree, he's not worth $17 million. He's not a good enough pass rusher. 
And I'll go as far to say Everson Everson Griffin is a better pass rusher. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he would very, very likely be able to be had for less money and probably a shorter deal as well. Yeah, if I was, you know, in charge of a team, right, I'd, I'd rather go out there and make the move, I think, for Everson Griffin, especially if you're a team that's close, right? If you're because close, you, right. You likely have less cap, he's older, but he can come in and do the job right away. I think that's what the situation that's, you know, uh, you know, Everson Griffin, a team like the Chiefs, if they had the money, the Ravens, of course, like whomever right. it might be. Um, and those are teams that are, you know, obviously strengthening strengths to a degree, right? Um, the Ravens had a Calais Campbell, and we're going to talk about the Ravens a little bit later on okay. in this show. Um, but yeah, so I just, I think Everson Griffin, you know, price dependent, situation dependent. I think I might even prefer him to Jadavion Clowney. All right, fair enough. I mean, the only pushback would be that Everson Griffin is 32 years old and Jadavion Clowney is still only 27, right? So you get Clowney still in his prime where Griffin may be on the back nine of his career. But listen, edge rusher is not the only position where this is the case. You know, we say on defense, you got to rush the passer. You also have to be able to cover. There are some cornerbacks that are still out there, some cornerbacks that are making news. We'll talk about that and what's left in the market in the secondary when we come back. It's the early line. I'm Dane. He's Kevin. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the early line right here on SportsGrid. Dane and Kevin touring you around the NFL. And, like, you know, you realize that, yes, the NFL draft is over. We're kind of in a dark period until maybe OTAs, rookie mini camps, but we don't know how teams are going to gather uh, for the NFL in the future. We're hearing about it for Major League Baseball. We're hearing about it for the NBA, MLS, and other sports, UFC going on. But the NFL has not really talked about kind of their, their mini camp schedule. We don't know what that is going to look like. And so people pretty much think that like rosters are set. And yeah. while they are on some level, there are a number mm-hmm. of relevant, you know, productive players that are still out there. We talk about all the bells and whistles at the skill positions a lot, mm-hmm. but on the defensive side of the ball, there are still, you know, difference makers that yeah. are out there. We talked about the edge rush position a little bit earlier. Guys like Everson Griffin, Zeke Ansah, you know, and some other guys that you're familiar with, with the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, Nigel Bradham, um, Vinny Curry is yeah. out there, and I know Curry is one of your favorites, right? I love Vinny Curry. Vinny Curry, first of all, wears 75. That's what I wore to play high school football. Okay. Plays for the Eagles, right? Automatically my guy. And then, on top of it all, he was actually a massive wrestling fan. And ah. in terms of, like, athletes being big wrestling fans, he was kind of one of, like, and I'm talking about more, like, modern. Like, he was one of the guys that I remember. George Kittle, um, you know, the Niners is actually, too, like, become one of my guys because he's not just like a lot of these guys like they know wwe but he does the saro miedo uh that pentagon jr does from aw so basically i mean anybody likes aw is a friend of mine uh (laughs) so george kittle all good in my book this is something i'm learning and only our like first full week of doing shows together kevin is that you could always bring it back to an aew reference i may have to delete you on some (laughs) level but in any event so at the cornerback position Uh, This is in play, too. And I start because we saw news that Logan Ryan, who is one of the kind of uh, big big names still out there in the cornerback market, has Mm -hmm. sort of 
kind of let it be known that it's going to be doubtful that he returns to the Tennessee Titans. Okay, and that's interesting because Logan Ryan, former Patriot, out there with Vrabel as his coach, it looks like he may move on. There's been a little bit of buzz that teams like, for example, the New York Jets may be interested. We talked about how they addressed their cornerback position, and that's a need for them. But again, Kevin, there are there are people out there, not only Logan Ryan, who, by the way, is at the age of 29, you know, kind of saying he's not going back to Tennessee. There are a number of mm -hmm. other cornerbacks in the market. And before we get into some names, Kevin, what do you think is the value of the cornerback position? Okay, because on offense, we're seeing left tackles get money, right? We talk about the devaluing of the running back position, the quantity versus quality, and we've talked about that. On the defensive side of the ball, it seems like you need to get pressure on the quarterback, mm -hmm. and in this passing league that we are evolving to, you don't need that middle linebacker who comes in on the run game. What you need is like three, four cornerbacks yeah. to be able to have your nickel slot guy because that guy's on the field three quarters of the time. Yeah, so I think, and I'm really, really glad you asked this because this is the point that I think is, is most important to make with this. Um, as the NFL is starting to try and figure out in this age mm -hmm. of passing dominance, what is the most valuable? But I think they are still behind when it comes to the cornerback position. Um, the I, I, Corners are more valuable than edge rushers, I believe. Mm -hmm. And the issue is it's comparable to understanding offensive line play. They're just not stats in the same way for corners. Yeah, you have interceptions, right? But the best corners don't get thrown at, right? Now, Correct. if you can combine those, you're Darrell Revis, right? And that's obviously why Darrell Revis sure. is one of the best that's ever played that position. Um, so, you know, certainly when he was at his peak, right? Um, but, you know, for edge rushers, you see 20-plus sacks or 20-plus, who's doing that, right? Like the leader had 19 and a half. Let's say, yeah. Yeah, let's, you know, 15-plus sacks. You're like, wow, that's so valuable. That's right. and, it, and it is valuable. It is valuable, but the, the ability to be a shutdown corner, because there are now, we have to just acknowledge it. There's three starting corners for these football teams. Exactly. Right? And that's why, to me, to you know, kind of pull it back to the NFL draft, when Chase Young went ahead of Jeff Okuda, I understand it, because Chase Young may be the most talented football player in that draft. And... Overall, it's hard to pass on what feels like a sure thing, right? There are people who, even people who are more cautious with these things, saying, I think this guy is a Hall of Famer, period. And that's right. a lot to say about yeah, a draft Yeah, I've heard prospect. the terms Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor, for goodness sakes. Right, and it's like, probably shouldn't do that, but it also, like, people who say that, some like, you'd hope that they understand the, like, what they're, the weight of that kind of comparison. And what I will say is... Jeff Okuda might actually still, though, be more valuable than Chase Young. If if Jeff Okuda is as good as we believe he is, right, and Chase Young is as good as we believe he is, Jeff Okuda can still be more valuable than Chase Young, even though we're talking about Chase Young as, you know, this Hall of Fame talent, especially the Redskins-specific situation with the fact that they were already pretty uh, so, deep. So let me ask you this. If you had access to future results, right, sure. if you were in the DeLorean – Okay, and you were making this draft, and I told you that Jeff Okuda will be an eight-time All-Pro at cornerback. Yeah. And I told you that Chase Young will be an eight-time All-Pro at the edge. Mm -hmm. You would rather take the cornerback. Yeah, I would. I just – it's – I mean, again, like, like think about, like, mm. you know, 
you can't scheme out, right? Like, one of the things about Chase Young, right? Like, there are some people who are like, man, like, I, I wanted to see a little bit more from him out of Ohio State, sometimes in bigger games, and uh, I wish, you know, there was more production, more pure dominance, right? But it's very easy to understand that he is, you know, they're game planning for Chase Young. The runs are going to the other side. He's constantly getting doubled. And it's not that you can eliminate these guys out of the game, but you can, of course, scheme for them and prep for them and plan for them. When it comes to a corner, right, you either throw at them or you don't. Either they're getting beat or they're not. And that's that's the reality of it, more so where you can try and scheme cor- uh, defensive ends out of games. Sure. Corners take can take half the field out of the game. Right. You could run away from the D-end. You could try to zone read them. You could yeah. try to chip them. But with the cornerbacks, like Richard Sermon, even a guy like Aaron Rodgers just is not throwing to that side of the yeah. field I mean, for the entire was, game. Like, I know it was a couple years back, but I remember that game like it was yesterday. Yeah. And Rodgers did it. We're talking about And this it. was prime Rodgers. Prime Rodgers. Yeah. I'm not throwing the Richard Sherman side. Right. And he didn't. He just didn't do it. And it's like. That like that is what the cornerback position at its absolute height can be, and yeah. it's dangerous to say Jeff Okuda is going to be to that level, as it is dangerous to ever put anybody in the same pantheon as Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White. But Jeff Okuda, I do think, is an incredibly good corner, and I just think that the cornerback position, um, people are learning, but I still think it could be valued heavier. Yeah, and I mean, you can follow the money also, right? Byron Jones gets. $16.5 million a year. That is on par with some of these edge rusher contracts that we're seeing, right? James Bradbury, who signed with the New York Giants. You're talking about the Giants having a good offseason. He signs for $14.5 million a year, three years, 43.5 overall. Trey Waynes gets $14 million a year. Kendall Fuller, Desmond Trufant, they're getting $10 million a year. So same kind of thing now when we turn our attention to Logan Ryan, right? He may want to get that kind of money, but if there's no market for him, he's going to have to eat that humble pie the same way as Jameis Winston, maybe Cam Newton, maybe Jadavion Clowney, and find out what the market dictates is really out there for him. But, Kevin, in the same way I told you about edge rushers, there are a few you know, cornerbacks that are out there that I think can still move the needle. Listen, Tremaine Johnson uh, is only 30 years old. He was with the Jets and got cut. But you know, he underperformed, but he underperformed a monster contract yeah. Yeah. in the same kind of thing. So he wasn't worth the whatever, 13, 14, 15 million dollars the Jets were paying him, but right. he is worth it to somebody to get, you know, four or five million a year. So he's still out there. Drake Kirkpatrick in, at age 30, you know, is out there. Um, I mentioned Logan Ryan. Akeep Tlaib. Okay, is out there. He's 34 years old, a little bit older, and I understand that. But he was a all-pro level corner when he was there in the no-fly zone with the Denver Broncos. If you want someone a little bit younger, Prusam Kamara is out there, uh, formerly of the Chicago Bears. You know him, a former Giant. Another former Giant that's out there is Eli Apple. He's a little younger, only twi- 25 years old. Right. Darnes, uh, Dequez Denard is still out there. Morris Claiborne is still out there. So the same kind of thing. It's supply and demand, right? Uh, Kevin, you know, maybe you don't want to pay the $13 million for one of these elite guys. But yeah. if you need someone to be your nickel corner or to be your second corner or to be a veteran presence because you just drafted a kid, you know, there are options for you still out there in the open market. I will say, I will say, right, when it comes to the running backs being held out, right, supply and demand 100% right. applies. Yep. A lot of teams can have their running back room settled, and we always know the value of the running backs. Even Cam Newton's situation, right? Like, 
quarterbacks more is the most important thing in the world, but does he necessarily right now fit with some of these teams' direction that they're trying to go in? It looks like no. There's no, to me, situation here where, where 32 teams are set three, four deep at corner. It's, it's, it's laughable to think. Prince of Mukamara can go out there and absolutely help these teams. Uh, I think Akib Chalib, I mean, he was still playing good football when he was out in L.A. with the Rams. Like, was still playing very, very good football. And I think Tremaine Johnson's a great one that you bring up. I've said it a couple times here on the early line. I will say it again. But it's one of the best le- lessons that I've learned um, in sports. And it is don't be scared to go back to the past perception that existed around a player or a team. Because just because it wasn't true immediately, as people were predicting it, does not mean that it can't at some point be true. Or it doesn't mean that things are as dire in this case as people make it out to be. Okay, Tremaine Johnson came to the Jets and wasn't the best corner in football. Relative to his contract. Right. Got it. Understood. Is Tremaine Johnson a bum? Is Tremaine Johnson a guy that should just be out there on the free eight? Now, again, I'm sure that Tremaine Johnson has higher contract demands. But this is where my point of valuing the cornerback position comes in. You should be more willing to meet the demands of Tremaine Johnson than I think some of these teams are. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And listen, this is the case for every single team out there, including a team like the Baltimore Ravens, right? They had a guy like Brandon Carr. They let him go. He's on the open market. Brandon Carr is 34 years old, and they bring in Jimmy Smith. Okay, Jimmy Smith, a Pro Bowl-level cornerback. But here's the thing. You got to see he is also getting up there in age. He's 32, and even a guy like him only commands $3.5 million for a one-year deal. So it's all about the market. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But what I would last ask you really quick, we only got a minute here. Some of these guys, especially if you're over 30 or if you've had injury concerns, this idea that COVID is still in place and team doctors can't look at you, you can't go visit the team, that's got to be a part of it, why these guys have yet to sign as well. I, and, I, and that to me is, and that's something that like we just don't know enough with the ins and outs about, but it would right. make all the sense in the world. That a lot of these things, even to Cam Newton's instance, right? Like you'd love to get a real physical look, be like on but Cam. But have an Instagram for, video. Exactly. So I think that that's. I think it's a very, very good point. I certainly think that that could be the situation here with a lot of these instances where you know teams are just like, look, we we there could be you know back to our handshakes. Hey, listen, here's the deal. You got it. You come yeah. in. We get this physical done when the time is right, and we promise we'll commit to you. Yeah, that could be the case, and that was the case with Jimmy Smith signing with the Baltimore Ravens. We took a look at the rest of the Ravens as we reset the roster and try to find some value for B-more. Come on back. It's the early line right here on SportsGrid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to the early line right here on SportsGrid. Dane and Kevin, we're going to begin our look into the Baltimore Ravens, the number one seed from the AFC. We talked about some changing names that they do have, right? The idea that, you know, Brandon Carr is gone, they signed Jimmy Smith. But there's another member of the Ravens secondary that is in the news, Kevin. What's going on with Earl Thomas? It seems like he maybe had a little domestic dispute. Yeah, it looks uh, like his wife put a gun to his head as a result of her finding out uh, that he cheated on her, wow. which is a very, very, very sticky situation. Yeah. With that being said, you just hope the, 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 the best for them as a you know family. They have kids together, I believe. Um, so you just kind of want them to, to work through that. I can't, I don't really know what aftermath would come of this other than just like, Wow, this yeah. is a crazy situation with one of the more recognizable players um, on one of the more recognizable teams. Mm -hmm. um, but with that being said, it's it's certainly, I mean, it's a jarring headline. Yeah, it certainly is something to keep an eye on. You know, Earl Thomas, one of the best safeties in the NFL, looking to help that Baltimore Ravens defense. And I got to tell you something. Kevin, when I look at the Ravens draft, I was very impressed, okay? I was giving out draft grades. They got an A or an A-minus for me because mm -hmm. I like a lot of the players they drafted, and I liked how they let it come to them in terms of filling their positional need, right? And I think they did that first on the offensive side of the ball. Like in the third round, getting Duvernay out of Texas, you know, he was not one of these names we heard about in the uh, 10, 15 wide receivers that were supposed to go in the first or second round. But right. what he is is a perfect fit for that offense, right? He doesn't need to be a technical route runner. He's got great hands. He's got great speed. And when you have the play-action game of Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown on the other side stretching the defense, he's a great fit. Tell me a little bit about Duvernay in the third round. My favorite thing about Duvernay was listening to John Harbaugh talk about Oh, him. he loved it. He's gushing. Like, yeah. it was one of those situations where I can't believe you didn't trade up to take Duvernay earlier, right? And that, mm -hmm. I mean, he was kind of talking about that, actually. As you know, he was talking about, I mean, it was all he could talk about was Devin Duvernay, Devin yeah. Duvernay, Devin Duvernay. This is amazing. This is amazing. And it was like, he was like, I thought we were going to have to trade up for him. It's like, you love this guy this much and actually didn't like ballsy move Harbaugh. And I think you make a good point. He, he totally fits. I think to some degree, we, you know, the, their wide receiver core, right? Like, he went 13 and three last year and the quarterback won MVP. It wasn't because, now, of course, Lamar Jackson is different from all of these other quarterbacks, but sure. he doesn't have some all-world wide receiver talent. But they don't need it. No, 100, 100%. But it'd be great to have it, yeah. right? It'd be great to have, sure. you know, the, the more talent, the better. And Hollywood Brown provides a certain skill set. And clearly the tight ends are a very, very right. important part of a Lamar Jackson-led offense. But a guy like Devin Duvernay who can come in, whose talent uh, certainly looks like it might be something where it, it should have been preceded the third round. It comes into this offense that was, I believe, the number one offense last year by DVOA. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the more the merrier. Yeah, and I mean, for me, I think I would call San Francisco in a similar way, right? They get production because of the scheme, okay? Not necessarily separation from individual players. Don't get me wrong. They have great skill players, right? But Shanahan and the scheme or the play-action game of Greg Roman is oh. really what gets you kind of open windows for Jimmy G and for Lamar Jackson to throw to. They also go and get J.K. Dobbins in the second round. And let me tell you something. For a team that is the number one rushing offense in the NFL to now add a playmaker like J.K. Dobbins, you know, we've been talking about these committees at the running back position. You got to have Lamar Jackson as part of this committee. You have yeah. Mark Ingram. 
Ingram. They have Gus Edwards. And now you add a dynamic playmaker like J.K. Dobbins. This is a running game that continues to be scary. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is probably far too niche of a market. But if they could offer us uh, odds on running back to lead the league in yards per carry, mm. I'd like J.K. Dobbins' chances on that. I mean, he is a very, very explosive runner. We saw what he's able to do at Ohio State. Obviously, I know we're coming up to the next level. But something that, you know, people have to accept, right? And mm. I think sometimes, like, the the fantasy community, it all depends, right, on, on, the, uh, on the analyst, right? But with Mark Ingram, it's like, oh, he's going to get pulled away from Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's going to take too much from him. But what you see quickly is, oh, this is stupid efficiency because they actually have to account for 11 in the run game. Right. And it leads to Mark Ingram being awesome for fantasy <laughs> players. And I think J.K. Dobbins, you will see yeah. him be awesome for this Ravens team. And they're all of some of their parts, right? When you have Hollywood Brown and now Duvernay stretching the field, that means these safeties over the top have to respect it, right? Yes. So that's more running room. That's more room in the intermediate game for guys like Mark Andrews. And then Mark Andrews is a new mismatch nightmare, continuing to create extra space. And then when you have to account for the quarterback as a running back, it just puts defenses in a bad situation. I want to also talk about the Ravens defense. Now, I thought that's what they needed to address in the draft, right? Think about it over the last few years. They've lost like Terrell Suggs, who we've mentioned on this show. They lost C.J. Mosley in the middle of that defense to the Jets. They lost guys like Zadarius Smith, like Terrell Suggs to be able to rush the passer. And in the first round, they get Patrick Queen out of LSU. And this guy, I believe, Kevin, is a new cornerstone flagship player for their defense. Yeah, I, I really, I love Patrick Queen. Right. I do. I was actually very, very in on the Eagles selecting him uh, if, mm. they, if they wanted to make that move and strengthen the linebacker core. I, I think I think he's better than, than Kenneth Murray. I think mm. he's better than Brooks, who the Seahawks uh, selected. Him being right. there at 28 uh, was an absolute dream scenario for this football team. The Saints then passing on Patrick Queen. Uh, yeah. you know, I, think that's part of I thought he was, was going to wind up in New Orleans in the yeah. state of Louisiana, staying there. They went and got, I believe, Nick Bound, who fell to them earlier, like later in the yeah, draft, yeah, yeah. early got, third round. They got, they got Bound later, later on. But, you know, one of the interesting things, right, is the Chargers traded back up in front of the Saints to to get Murray. Murray because the Saints, it was so obviously, oh, they need a linebacker. And then they took a center in right. Cesar Ruiz, who again can be good, but was that the best pick for that team? I'm not positive. Patrick Queen was yeah. probably the best pick within reason the Ravens could have made at 28, and they made it. I absolutely loved it. All right, so here we go. It sounds like you and I both think they had a really good draft. You also talked about other moves they've made in the offseason, right? Like Calais Campbell is now on that defense. So Listen, here's the deal. They were the number one seed in the AFC last year. They have the MVP at quarterback. I now look at their win total, Kevin, okay, as we kind of spin it forward for this year. We know they've got a stacked roster. I like their coaching staff. I trust Harbaugh. We were talking about all-time wins earlier in the, in the week, and he's on that list as well. The problem for me is I don't know how to bet the Ravens. Kevin, you know, like, I don't know how to really bet them. Where is the actual value? I refuse to bet an over on a win total at 11 and a half. There's just too many things that can go wrong. Lamar Jackson could get concussed for three weeks. You know, he could be get banged up. I think 11 and a half, don't get me wrong. I believe the Ravens deserve to be one of the top three choices for the Super Bowl. But mm -hmm. I'm not betting anybody over 11 and a half. Right now, their total is 11 and a half. I guess there's more juice to the under, but 
are you actually taking that bet 11 and a half for the Ravens or any team? So, so here's the really interesting thing, right? The only team that we really would be accustomed to kind of seeing that number for, it feels like, right, would be the Patriots, right? Yep. But the justification for the Patriots is, and as a Jets fan, I think we can all, uh, I think you'll be able to speak to this, and I think anybody can really acknowledge it. There's a lot of times the expectations, at worst, the Patriots would be 5-1 and one in division. At worst. And right. that was pretty much true consistently. For the Ravens here, we're both higher on the Browns, right? Right. I believe that the Steelers... You know, yesterday as we went it's through rivalry, it, right? And, they can get and nine and throw seven. the records out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. All the cliches, but even the Bengals should be a step up. I mean, you know, you expect the Ravens to beat them twice, but the division is likely better. And they were last season five and one in a very different. You know, they were right. five and one last season in a division that they pulled out some close wins. Also, sure. they pulled out some close one-score games. Also, sure, one hundred percent. But I, I definitely think like. Can I see them winning 12, 13 games? Yeah, that's a lot to ask. And 11 and 5 is an amazing season, and you would lose that over. I can't make that bet. Okay, fair enough. Let me ask you this. We talk about kind of regression. What about Lamar? Like, right. is the league on to him? And I almost feel bad saying that, right? Because he is such a talent. Yeah. Like, the league knew what was coming last year. It right. didn't effing matter. Right, but right. at some level, there's now another year of tape of seeing how they want to be used, how Roman wants to use Lamar. Do you think there's some regression? I mean, he had one of the best seasons of all time last year. So even if there's like 10% regression, it's the same kind of thing like last year. I was telling people, go ahead and draft Patrick Mahomes, but don't expect him to be 100% of what he was the previous year. I almost feel like I'm saying the same thing with Lamar Jackson, but if there's some level of regression, they can go 11-5 and five and still be a good team, but I'm not touching their win total, Kevin. What about this? We talk about the juice to be laid. Their playoff yes-no bet. What do you think the yes number is for will the Ravens make the playoffs? What do you think it is? 400 it's minus 550 kevin so boy again if you promise me if i take a trip in the delorean all i need to see is that lamar jackson started 15 or 16 games and i believe they're a playoff team but because anything is possible especially your mvp going down at the quarterback position we know takes hits and we know you know kind of risks himself more yeah i don't even know if i'd lay that kind of juice for the ravens to make the playoffs it's it's not even – so to me, is like I think they could actually survive a Lamar injury. Like they're not – RG3? The like they just they, – they're, they're so loaded. And if they're smart about it, they can find a way. Like imagine if they just made the call to Cam Newton and Cam came in for Lamar right. like a pinch, right? And I would, I would have high expectations for what they'd be able to do. Um, my, my thing is – just laying that kind of juice with a team to make the playoffs. Like I'm just, I'm personally not that kind of better. Okay. Like where I'm pulling out $550 to make $100. I hear you. All right. So let me tempt fate a little bit more. Sure. You think they're a great team. Just 11 and a half is rough. The minus 550 is a little bit rough for the, uh, for playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're minus 200 to win the division. Kevin, they're minus 200 to win the division. Yeah. Now, the division is a tougher proposition. We talk about Pittsburgh. We talk about Cleveland there. But minus 200 is a lot of juice for a team to win the division. If Lamar is healthy, you don't think they're division champs? No, I do. And you know what? 200 is not as bad. I think okay. I would. Because one of the things, right, is that, so, we, you know, earlier in the show, we we're talking UFC. If Tony Ferguson, if I'm willing to do, you right. know, minus 175, right, on, uh, on a brawl, 
maybe I'm, you know, I'm willing to do 200 on, on, a, on a minus 200 on a team uh, that I trust. I think it can be very difficult to lay odds on futures, right? Like bets mm. that are going to be like held for a long time. Uh, I, it's, it's a difficult proposition. Money to escrow for three months. Exactly. So the fact that I'm doing that and I'm getting, you know, not plus money, I think it's, it's for me something that's a little bit difficult. But I do believe that they are going to win this division and 200 isn't, it's not inconceivable. Right. I could push it even further to win the AFC. They're at plus 330. If I do a little bit of quick math, that's implied odds of like, what, 22 percent, you know, something like that. If you think they got a better chance than 20, 25 percent to win the AFC, maybe you even bet the Baltimore Ravens at plus 330. We go deeper into the Ravens. We go game by game and see if they are going to be at 11 and a half wins. We do that on the way back. It's the early line right here on Sports Grid. Stick around. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the early line right here on SportsGrid. Dane and Kevin, we're continuing our tour to find value. We are always on the hunt for value. And we left it off talking about the Baltimore Ravens. And, Kevin, I mean, to win the AFC, they are plus 330, okay? And I'm putting that implied odds at somewhere between 20 and 25%. You think they got a better than a quarter chance to win the AFC? Yeah, I, I think – I mean, look, this team was 13-3 and three last year. The real thing is I can't tell you what happened to them against the Titans. I, I, I still don't understand it. I actually pushed all in at halftime of that game, assuming that they would come back. Right. Man, they come back all year. Like, this is no problem. They're at home. They're going to get it rolling. And they just couldn't get it rolling. On and any given night, though, if they stop the run, for sure. you know, now what for Lamar? And that becomes the question. Maybe that's why Dobbins and Duvernay get added to the puzzle. Yeah, absolutely. And I just overall, it was just a – it was a weird game, right? An interception that wasn't Lamar's fault started the game. And, you know, I don't know if he was in his head some. And, you know, the defense didn't play up to snuff at all, I, I would say, uh, for, the, for the Baltimore Ravens. And it was a weird game. And that's, you know, that's what comes with single elimination. That was a best of three. I think the Ravens win the next two, but it's not. It is not. This is the NFL, not the NBA or Major League Baseball or the Stanley Cup playoffs. If you want to take it even further, the Ravens are the second choice to win the Super Bowl. They are at 7-1, to one, playing my little implied odds game. That's about 12%. So if you think they got a better than 12% chance to win the Super Bowl, they may be some value there. And I know, Kevin, you talk about correlating your bets, right? So maybe you don't want to bet the win total. But if they go 12-4, and four, if they go 13-3, and three, then the idea of Lamar Jackson as back-to-back -back MVP award winners could be interesting. He is tied for the second choice at the MVP odds. Right. Uh, he's tied with Russell Wilson at 6-1. to one. Only uh, Patrick Mahomes has better odds. But again, for me, too many things can go wrong. Uh, injury, in my opinion, and back-to-back -back is a little bit tough. But you see any value? Lamar at 6-1? to one? I just think back-to-back -back super difficult. I really do. And I also think sometimes – I think they hold it against you if they yeah. give you the MVP. Right. And then the end of your season is kind of mm -hmm. underwhelming. That's true. And I think 
it's this weird thing where a regular season award, people will be like, ah, yeah, what's he going to do in the playoffs? And it's like, right. that doesn't that's matter at all. Yeah. But it's a vote. It's something that gets voted on. And that's why I think it's a little uh, bit tougher. And I think it's not like they're, I mean, look, seven to one, you said it was, right? Like yeah. six to one for him to win MVP. Six to one MVP. Like it's, those are, those are good odds, right? Like a hundred dollars wins you, you $600. That's amazing. But it's far from the best value on the board. I would say right. he's one of the favorites. So let's see if we can find value with the Ravens' schedule. Now, remember, we outlined this before. Yeah. Uh, we know the home and away teams. We know the formula of the schedule, okay? So we're just doing the win-loss game. Remember, their win total is 11.5. But you can't land exactly on it like you did yesterday with, um, Which I, believe, I wasn't trying what, to do, I will say. All right, so let's see. Let's I, see. It, we know the opponents. Let's yeah. do their home schedule first. And you've already said, you know, with teams like this, we can't have them winning every game. So yeah. you got to find some losses somewhere. So let's start with their home schedule. These are games that will be happening at M&T Bank in Baltimore. There's the three divisional games. How do they go in the division at home? Well, I have to try with some consistency, right? And I expect yep. the Steelers to lose to them. I expect the uh, – the Browns do the same, and I yep. cannot see a Bengals upset. So that so you is got a three, three and at home. Yes, three and at home, in division. Yes. Now remember, they play the AFC South. We talked about the divisional formula. So the two AFC South teams that come into Baltimore are the Jags and the Titans. Jags and Titans. Jags, no way. Like the one okay. thing about that Ravens team last year is they did pummel those bad teams for the most right. part. The Titans, now this would be revenge, right? Yes. This is I mean, it's a game that they will obviously have yep. circle. For. Man, oh man. But like, could they have something over them? I can't help but pick the Ravens. Oh, they're gonna end up 14 and 2 as I do this. So you've got them five and oh at, at home. So yes, far. Yes, yes. Now yes. remember, they also play an NFC division they happen to play the nfc east the two teams that come into baltimore are the dallas cowboys and the new york football giants can any of them get the job done on the road in baltimore no i don't think so i just don't okay. last year the cowboys couldn't beat a good team nothing's changed for me to see that coming and okay. as much as i like what the giants have done i think me picking i mean yesterday i had them beating the steelers right like right. i gotta be you know somewhat right. tempted here fair enough like, so uh, i warn you you have them going seven and oh at home so far. Now, remember, the other part of the schedule, the Ravens were a first-place team. So maybe this might be one, Kevin. Yeah. So remember, they play the other two first-place teams that were not the AFC South. Yeah. They play yeah. that entire division, right? So the one other division winner that comes into Baltimore, and I will guarantee you that this will be a Monday night football game. Patty Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs come into Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson. This game will be on prime time. Oh, Who yeah, you yeah, like yeah. at Ravens? Is that their only home loss? Yeah, you know, it's weird, right? I mean, so the importance of this game is is incredible because everybody yeah. knows that these this could teams be the are... one seed with seven teams. The only the one seed gets a bye. I'd be very interested also to see Kevin because remember the schedule comes out you know later this week. If this is week two. Versus week 14, I think it matters a lot, right, for this. Oh, my gosh. Uh, right. The stakes will be high regardless, but I'd be interested to see. Yeah. This could even be Thanksgiving night. This could be Thanksgiving night if you think about it as well, but it'll definitely be prime time. Uh, yeah. You think the Ravens will defeat it at home? Um, I, I will give it to the Chiefs, and I will okay. say this. The point that you just made there is when we have the full depth of the schedule, I reserve the right 
to change all things here because I can already tell what I'm about to do with this Ravens team. I hear you. This is the issue I run into. And there's other scheduling quirks, right, that we do not know. Like, for example, one of these teams that you think are quality but you had ultimately losing in Baltimore, what if they're coming off a bye? Absolutely. And the Ravens are coming off a short week, right? What if it's a Thursday night game, something like that? We don't know. You know, what if it is one of these Ravens home uh, road games that I'm going to talk about? are the third of back-to-back-to-back on the road. We don't know those details, and some of these details are going to be very interesting, especially when you put the context of COVID-19 on this season schedule. So I acknowledge that, mm-hmm. but you got them going 7-1 and one at home so far. So let's keep on building their record. Remember, 11.5 is their win total. They will see the three divisional teams on the road, at Pittsburgh, at Cincy, at Cleveland. Now, remember, they lost at Cleveland, I believe, last year. But what do you have them doing on the road in division? Uh, I've got them losing to the Steelers, continuity. Okay. Uh, we had that yesterday. Yep. Man, I just don't know about this Bengals team. They really punched that team around last year. And as as much yeah. as I'm excited about Burrow. Defense? Come on. Yeah, I, I got I to gotta get them over there. The, the Browns one is tricky for me, right? Because the Browns beat them last year. Mm-hmm. But that's also something that the Ravens like certainly will keep in mind. And what was the, the weirder game was the second meeting where the Ravens were like losing all game and then by half. Lamar Jackson delivered like an MVP performance in like the last two minutes of that first half. Let's go with the Ravens to sweep the Browns. I don't know why I've done this, but this is my decision. So you have them two and one on the road in division. Yes. And let's the rest. Remember, it's the NFC, excuse me, the AFC South. So that means they have road trips that are not easy, in my opinion. A road trip. And what about Lamar on the road to see Deshaun in Houston? And then, you know, you and I have both been relatively high on the Colts. Yeah. So they go to Houston and they go to Indianapolis. What do you think? I definitely like the Colts to win that game uh, in this scenario here. That's actually the right game, in my opinion. Well, for sure. The Ravens beat up on the uh, on the Texans, if I'm not mistaken, last okay. year. And the Let's Texans see. feel like a team that I'm going to be a little bit lower on. So I will go with the Ravens in that matchup, despite it so being— you got that beating Houston in Houston, but losing to the Colts in the Dome in Indy. Yeah. All right? So we split those. All right, remember, the NFC East— is a division they play, but they go on the road to our nation's capital and also to the link to take on your team. What do yes. you think, Lamar in Philly and Lamar in Washington? So the RG3 for the yeah, Washington. for sure. I mean, the soon-to-be 16-0 Eagles throughout this exercise. Right, right. Uh, I've got them losing to Philly and Philly. Philly. Philly is very, very good at home. Okay. Uh, and then I simply think they get away. A team as good as the Ravens to lose to the Redskins. Right. And remember also, Baltimore, D.C., that's a kind of geographical rivalry. All right, so they'll be ready to yeah. go for that one. There is one more game, and I think you can figure it out, right? Oh, I told one left. Oh, it is, there's one left. And remember, just like they have to face the other division winner, Chiefs, at home, they have to go on the road to a yeah. divisional winner, which means they go to Gillette Stadium in Foxborough to take on the Patriots. You think the Ravens and Lamar could get it done against Bill Belichick in Foxborough? So they beat the crap out of them last year, right? They did. They did. And now Jarrett Stidham's the quarterback. Right. But, but, mm-hmm. even if the Patriots are bad, in Gillette, right, I feel like Belichick's like, oh, I owe them one. This I is the latest. This is the where I plant my flag. Like I just have to like because if he's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be three and thirteen, but one of them is gonna be against yeah. one of the best teams in football right. against the reigning MVP, and I'm gonna shut him down completely. I will give that to the New England Patriots. Fair enough. 
You know where you wound up? Oops. You haven't won seven and one at home. Okay. Which road. is fair, I feel. They've on the road. Last year. You have them losing one in the division, right? Yeah. You have them losing to the Colts. That's two. Oh. You have them losing to your Eagles. That's three. And you just had them losing to the Pats. So that's four and four on the road. Seven and one and four and four. Bang. 11 and five is what you have. And you were like hemming and hawing on one of them, right? You yeah. basically have going either 11 and five or 12 and four. And yeah. what do you know? The number is 11 and a half. So what do you I, say? I, I, I'm, and I'm very, very uh, like you, the stress that this puts me through because I like <laughs> to be accurate. Right. And I love this. It's a fun exercise, but sure. I promise I am not trying to be bang on the number. I want oh, to do cool. one of these and be off and be like, awesome we found value right like but it just it just hasn't happened yet yeah like look they're also we know this they're very very good at making these numbers right and of course. There, there's going to be a lot of these that that you can see kind of bang on the total all right so fair enough so if I, if I had to ask you make one bet for the baltimore ravens is it lamar to win mvp over it. under win the division um you know win the afc yeah if you had to place an amount of money that you care about on something related to the Baltimore Ravens in 2020, yeah. besides if Ariel Epstein will be happy about their season. <laughs> J.K. Dobbins, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Interesting. I'm on Jonathan Taylor. And remember, you've talked about this um, in terms of you think the Colts are going to be very good. So as I look at the Offensive Rookie of the Year, my guy Jonathan Taylor is the fourth choice at 10-1. Yeah. What if I told you that over on FanDuel, you got to keep on scrolling. J.K. Dobbins is the 17th choice at 28 to 1. I think this could be an issue of what J.K. Dobbins does for the Ravens is better than what he does for production, right? Because he still is in a committee. He's a valuable weapon, but will he get the stats up against the Joe Burrow, a Tua, and Edward Talaire, or even a Jonathan Taylor. It is very interesting. Well, that about does it for this episode of The Early Line. He's Kevin Walsh. He's in love with the Ravens, another team that will make the AFC playoffs. I am merely Dane Martinez. We'll be checking back on his UFC 249 picks and a whole lot more on the next edition of The Early Line. But one thing's for sure, if you want the edge, stay right here. It's Sports Grid. you heard. Have a great day. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.